Welcome again, Bears fans, to Little Tiny Pieces of Bear Scat. And uh, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we are going to uh, uh, cover a, a few different topics today. But first, I wanted to call out uh, Allery's Bar in St. Paul. Um, Jim and I have been going to Allery's Bar for many, many years. And uh, that's how we uh, met. And that's uh, how this idea originally came about. Um, we realized that people outside of the Twin Cities area might actually be listening to this, so we thought we should mention it. Allery's is in St. Paul, Minnesota, the capital, and it's right downtown. So if you do happen to be in Minnesota, uh, make sure you come on over and see us. Uh, it's packed with Bears fans for every game. Yeah, it's a Bears bar, so yeah, always get a good crowd in there during the games, even when the Bears are... Uh, going through the last few games of a broken <laughs> season, which appears to be the case this year. Although they did win uh, one of the most meaningless football games I've ever seen on Thanksgiving. So and it's that. a perfect transition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, um, the uh, we we just watched the football game that was the Lions and the Bears. Um, I don't think anybody was too uh, overly impressed by the whole thing. Um, Matt Nagy was. <laughs> Matt Nagy definitely was. <laughs> the media actually, was. <laughs> actually, the part I thought that was the most interesting was how well you could hear the offensive calls on the field. It was like there was nobody in the stadium. Uh, even the commentators were talking about it. Yeah. I think if they could have been talking in regular voices and you still could have heard them. Um, but uh, I, I think um, uh, it was also interesting to look at the starting lineup, and it was Mooney... Goodwin and Grant as our starting lineup as wide receivers. Jim, you you got to talk about that. You got to talk about your boy. <laughs> I mean, that's not a starting lineup of uh, offense that's got any hope of finishing in the top twenty-five of the Jakeem league. Was on the field. I mean, a lot of people seemed really impressed by Andy Dalton, and he played okay, I think, but. The Bears scored 16 points against the Lions, so uh, pardon me if I'm not singing the praises of Andy Dalton and the Bears' offense. I'm glad that he played okay. I'm glad that the Bears won, but I certainly didn't see anything there to make me think, oh, wow, we've really been missing out this whole time starting Justin Fields, right? Like That seems to be kind of the undertone of a lot of the commentary around the Bears right now is that a lot of people seem to think, well, I mean, if Dalton had started, maybe they'd have won another game or two, and I personally haven't seen that, and I didn't see it on, <laughs> on Thursday. I mean, I know he threw for over 300 yards, he made a couple good throws, but once again, 16 points, and he had that terrible red zone interception, which is the second terrible red zone interception we've seen from Andy Dalton this year in very limited playing time. So Yeah, some of my uh, <laughs> takes was, I, I, I razzed Jim about Jakeem Grant, but uh, I will give it to the kid. Uh, he 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 did show some of that speed that they've talked about. Um, there was uh, that nice play where uh, you know they did the behind the line scrimmage pass, uh, almost lateral, and he actually made something out of it. He made a a, a nifty a couple of nifty moves and and actually turned that into somehow into a positive play. Um, however, uh, once again, another breakdown. Uh, at the beginning of the game, uh, <laughs> by the secondary for a, another long touchdown, um, you know that that just goes back to uh, what exactly is um, our our secondary composed of. We 
we still have no identity there um, other than Jalen Johnson, and he just can't cover the whole field by himself. Well, that one was great. I mean, so far this year we've seen a ton of communication errors in the Bears' secondary. That wasn't a communication breakdown. That was just Artie Burns getting absolutely <laughs> smoked Burns. on a route. I mean, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't have written that one up any better. The Bears uh, spend the first, whatever, ten games of the year with Kendall Vildor out there, and he's been playing terribly, so they bench Vildor. Of Westeros. They put in Artie Burns, who's a former first-round pick, but has just been horrible his entire Mr. career. Burns. And he gets out there, and the first drive of the game, I think, he just gets absolutely <laughs> toasted and gives up that long touchdown. Granted, I think he played a little bit better the rest of the game. I think he also noticed Eddie Jackson being back. I think he, that's he, he knocked him down in the lunchroom and took his money. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think Jackson being back probably helped a little bit. The Bears' defense played okay. I mean, they they were helped a ton by the Lions, who just for the most part refused to throw the ball downfield at all. I've never seen anything quite like that. You know that the Bears' secondary is just ripe for big plays and for whatever reason it seems like most of the well they had the successful one yeah it seems like most of the plays that they were running were short passes behind the line of scrimmage it's like man just throw the ball deep this bear secondary will break down or or they'll commit a penalty so i don't really know what the lions were thinking but i guess hey there's a reason that they're what zero and ten now right well you know uh, one of the things i uh, saw quite a bit of this week was you know uh Matt Nagy outcoached <laughs> outcoached Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like okay, um, yes, we we just beat the worst team. There is a team that is worse than us, and 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 it's and it's run by a coach who who seems to know even less about his team than ours does. It is kind of funny, and I made this comment earlier in the year, but. Anytime with the Bears, it seems like things are about to go completely off the rails. They somehow get the Lions on their schedule. <laughs> I mean, if you think about the two times this year, the first game that where the Bears beat the Lions was after the Cleveland game, which is one of the worst performances I've seen as a Bears fan in my lifetime. And the second time against the Lions is coming off that horrible loss to Baltimore, plus then all of the mismanagement of the news reporting related to Matt Nagy's potential firing and just complete organizational chaos. Let's over- go, let's go into that yeah. for just a minute. You know, um, <laughs> we're, we are in agreement that, uh, Matt Nagy was going to be fired period. Uh, and due to how the whole situation handled was handled, it, it, it clearly appears that George McCaskey double-backed and said, you know what, Um, this is about to be even a bigger explosion than it is right now. I need to flip the script. Well, yeah, so maybe let's whiteboard it out since it's been a a few days since this all happened. But after the Baltimore game, the the Monday afterwards, the Bears go through their normal, you know, routine of meeting the media and, you know, whatever, just going through all their explanations for why they suck. And so (laughs) then... Tuesday morning, we're all sitting around, and my phone starts blowing up on me, and I open it up, and I see a report that says the Bears have informed Matt Nagy that he will be fired after the Thanksgiving game. And so 
Which spread literally like a California wildfire. Yeah, and so that report didn't really surprise me that much because I think we've all kind of expected Nagy to be fired at some point, either this year or afterwards. But immediately, it didn't seem to make a ton of sense because if you were going to fire him, why would you have him coach one more game? And so people kept texting me, and they're like, why would that happen what are the bears thinking there and my only response was it's the bears they, they do stupid <laughs> shit like that's what they do organizationally is they mismanage things and they do things in a way that makes sense to nobody but themselves they do yeah. i mean it's not it's not an argument and and the report came from a guy who i was not familiar with his name's mark conkle but yeah i didn't know who that was either patch.com yeah which is kind of bizarre but then you look him up and you see that he's won a pulitzer prize so you think that he kind of knows what he's you know, doing journalistically, right? And so this all happens Tuesday morning, about two hours before Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, and then Nagy oh, are supposed yes. to meet the press, right? So in that two hours, like you said, the story just spread like wildfire, and everybody's picking it up, everybody's wondering what's going on, and we're all kind of sitting there like, the Bears can't possibly send out Tabor and Nagy to talk to the media without addressing this report, Right. Which, sure enough, is what they did. <laughs> and they made no comment, and they just send those two poor guys out there. And first of all, they send out the special teams coach first. So the person that's res- <laughs> the per- the person in the organization that is the first to respond to this you report is the special teams coach. Like that poor guy, he just wants to go out there and talk about Marquis Christian and Jakeem Grant and Cairo Santos, and all of a sudden he's being asked, "Hey, do you think you're about to get fired and your family's going to have to move?" Right. <laughs> so he gets through his interview. Nagy comes out and he denies the report too, and then that's it for the rest of the day from a team uh, spokesperson uh, perspective, right? Then the next day, Wednesday, at around 4 p.m., so more than 24 hours after the report breaks. And and Nagy presents it almost in a, that's an insane idea that I could be fired. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. He he just didn't really add any clarity to the situation (laughs) at all. He he was, like, indignant about it. Because I think he knows he's going to get fired, but... He probably hadn't been told at that point that he was going to get fired after the Thanksgiving game. So then, like, Wednesday at, like, 4 p.m., right, like I was saying, we get a report from Dan Pompey, I think, that said that uh, George McCaskey had met with the team and had told them the report was not true. So, to summarize, the Bears let this hang out there for over 24 hours, have still not made an official uh, denial of the report, and have just allowed basically allowed that report that Nagy told, or sorry, that McCaskey told the team to speak for itself. And here's why that's so incompetent. <laughs> so the the moment that Conkle writes that report and sends it out to the internet, you could have done two things without actually like releasing an official statement. Like I heard a lot of people saying, "Well, the organization has to release a statement and say this isn't true." And I actually don't blame them for not doing that. But there's a couple things you could do to discredit this. The first one was Conkle said that he reached out to the Bears before publishing this, and the Bears effectively blew him off. And so all you had to really do was say, Mark, your report is not true. You're not, you can't put anyone's name on this, but do not publish this because it's not true, if it actually weren't true. Right. The second thing they could have done is once the report was out there, they could have leaked it to Brad Biggs or Hub Arkish or any of the numerous Bears beat reporters, and they could have said, hey, 
we don't want to release an official statement, but this report's not true. We want you to go out with that message so that people know that we're not firing our coach. And they didn't do either of those things. They just allowed <laughs> it to linger for 24 hours. They allowed Nagy and Tabor to have to answer for it. And I know that seems like a small thing, but it's like when the perception... It's not a small thing. No, it's like when the perception around the league is that your organization is incompetent and run by clowns, Yeah, that affects when you go to hire coaches and general managers and stuff, like pick whoever you want your next Bears head coach to be, whether it's Byron Leftwich or Josh McDaniels or whomever. Right. Like if they're interviewing with the Bears, their agent's going to be like, hey, man, like it's a great opportunity. It's a charter franchise. You're going to make a lot of money. But, you know, they're, they don't know what they're doing and they don't treat their uh, staff well in times of crisis, right? Like, do you really want to put yourself in that organization or do you want to go coach somewhere else? And, you know, the Bears will get a coach, but, you know, when you have that reputation around the league, which I firmly believe the Bears do, like, you know, that is potentially damaging when you're looking to hire people. So I was not surprised that the Bears handled it that way just because I've seen time and time again them mismanage public relations but, man, it was just another example where you're just kind of left shaking your head and you don't know who's what's true or who's making these decisions. And then, Well, i gotta, you know. I got to jump in and say, um, yes, I have been loud about Matt Nagy uh, as far as I, I pretty much have been on fire him since the Cleveland game just because that was such, like you said, that was truly a horrible game to watch. Yeah. Um, and it was, the preparation of it was was pathetic. I, I mean, it was inexcusable as far as I was concerned. But I, but truly, uh, in, in my mind, I thought he was going to be the coach for the whole season. That, you know, the McCaskies, uh, they're going to follow tradition. They're not going to fire him in the middle of the of the season because they've never done that in the hundred year history. I, I, I thought they would wait until the end of the year and then Pace would dismiss Nagy. Um, I thought that maybe some of the coaching staff might be retained too. Um, but you know, then uh, then that 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 first post comes out and. I thought, wow, um, this is this is pretty shocking news here. And I, I was like, you, the first thing I wanted to do was check out the credentials of the guy. And then I was only I was only giving it maybe fifty percent credence yeah. until, as you said, how the thing played out in the media from the team itself to me made it obvious that they were trying to cover their tracks, especially with George McCaskey. Uh, Brad Biggs from the, from the Tribune, uh, uh, I wanted to call out one of the things he was talking about, the same thing as you, um, about Nagy having to go a whole day uh, with this kind of in limbo and how that was really uh, a poor a very poor showing, and I agree with that completely. Um, he, you know, it's we're still talking about a person. We're still talking about an employee. Any employee of any company uh, in that particular situation uh, doing that to them is is just really disrespectful 
You know, I mean, the guy uh, is in one of the most high visibility jobs of pro sports, and uh, I don't think uh, I don't think I'm uh, uh, pumping that up too much to say that. And uh, you know, to just leave him out there like that uh, is is pretty harsh. Yeah, it almost made you, you know, it turned Matt Nagy into a sympathetic figure almost, <laughs> which I didn't really think was possible because, like most Bears fans, I'm ready to see them move on from him. But, yeah. I mean, just letting it uh, sit out there for as long as the Bears did, I mean, now it's become a thing. Like, they're chanting fire Nagy at every sporting event in the Chicagoland area right now and which, at his kids' high school game. Yeah, that's, like, that's <laughs> you know... Um, I, I was thinking about this earlier, and when I first heard about it at the at the Bulls game, I did think that was funny. <laughs> but it's you know, Bears fans sometimes just gotta push things to the nth degree, and this is one of those times. It's like I don't hate Matt Nagy; I just don't want him to be the coach anymore because I feel like he has failed to achieve the objectives that he was given, and that's I mean that. That's any guy that gets hired into a, a a leadership position like that. No matter what you do, you could be head plumber, and if if you don't know how to go out and fix the leaks, uh, see ya. Don't let the door hit you in the ass, right? Yeah. But but I don't I don't hate him. Um, I I just I, I just don't want him to be in charge in Chicago anymore. Yeah. And you know the thing. Um, you know the thing with him chanting at his kids' game. Come on, you know, get some get some class. You know, get a, get a little self respect because that's just taking things too far. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think it's totally in bounds to chant whatever you want at Bears games or Bulls games. But the high school thing, you hope it was just high school kids being idiots. You hope it's not adults that are engaging in that activity but but you could see it being adults <laughs> oh yeah for sure me. so you know it's it's and i mean what do you think soldier field's gonna be like on sunday against the cardinals yeah i can't see it being good i mean um, they're gonna be they're gonna be chanting fire naggy before kickoff yeah i mean it because if, if it goes the way it looks like it's gonna go it's gonna be a very long game um and you know uh going back to going back to matt naggy so, the the other part of this is that I do feel that he is um, he is being scapegoated a bit. Uh, there is that facet of it. Like I said, I still believe that he um, put himself in this simply because he was given uh, this task and he hasn't achieved it. But he isn't the only person that was involved. Ryan Pace deserves a huge portion of this loser pie. And he, uh, you know, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that somehow him uh, making this uh, trade up, uh, again, uh, use of resources to get fields, somehow saved him from himself. (laughs) So I don't know quite how that works. But he he was the one that bungled it in the first place, and it's like, yeah, but I made it better. Well, and we we both love the Fields pick, but like they kind of got lucky there too, right? Like, <laughs> of course. I mean, what if all it would have taken was for the Jets or the Broncos or any of the teams that passed on Fields to take him in the top ten before the Bears had an opportunity to, 
And if that had happened, then we're looking at a full season of Andy Dalton. And let's, right? not, and let's like, not forget, there was a lot of hardcore writers out there, not to mention sports commentators, former NFL players, that were like, I cannot believe that Justin Fields is being ranked this low. He should be right behind Trevor Lawrence. You can't pass on Trevor Lawrence just because of uh, his his time at Clemson and the physique of the guy, right? But, you know, everybody knew Jacksonville was going to take him. There was no question about it. They could have signed him right after the, right after the college season ended. But the fact that Fields fell that far, that is something that is worth looking at in depth because it's like, uh, so far, he seems to appear to have the most pro-ready uh, skills and talent of any of the of any of the rookies. Yeah, I mean, it's nice for the Bears to not be the idiot at the poker table for once, <laughs> right? Like that's always good when a bunch of other teams were stupid and the Bears took advantage of it. Right. Normally, that table is turned a little bit, but. Um, yeah, and so, hey, I, I will give him credit for that pick. I think it was a great pick. I hope Justin Fields is the quarterback for the Bears for the next 20 years. Right? I believe he is. I hope so. I mean, I think it, I think that's part of it right there, is that Bears fans have really brought into, into Fields. I mean, they really believe in him. And that goes back to what you and I have talked about with Dalton. I don't hate Dalton. Dalton is a good, a decent quarterback. I wish we would have got him instead of wasting time and money and resources on Nick Foles. But we didn't. Instead, we got him a year after, and, you know, we brought him in. And, uh, okay, so he goes out there, and he plays a decent game against an absolutely awful team. And, you know, we won the game. Yay? Uh, okay, that's, you know, I mean... It, it, if 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 we still had a first round pick, I probably would have been a little bent because because he would have pushed us down the line. But um, as it is, we don't. And okay, you know, uh, it's it's good that he went out and played well. But I mean, the whole time that that I was watching that game, all I was thinking to myself is, I just hope Fields gets better and gets better quickly because I I don't want to see our star player hurt at any point yeah I uh it's gonna be interesting to see if he plays Sunday against the Cardinals if he's not 100% healthy I don't really want him to play yeah there's there's no reason to put him out there and risk uh him getting hurt anymore he's been getting clobbered yeah I mean if it's a if, if it's an injury that he can play with and isn't really at risk of damaging further and he can uh play with whatever pain that he's dealing with then yeah throw him out there but if there's any chance that he could damage his ribs further by being out there, then I hope the Bears do the smart thing and let Andy Dalton go out there and take his lumps on Sunday. I think, uh, um, to me, the storylines that really stuck out from the game was it was great to see Quinn continue. Um, I mean, he's he's really having a massive year, and kudos for him. It could be under better circumstances, but... Um, you know, anyway, that's, that's a good thing. Um, Roquan Smith leaving the field. That has to be obviously one of the very biggest pieces of news. Uh, you know, the bears come out today and say, Hey, uh, we don't think he's going to go on injured reserve. Hallelujah. I, I, you know, even if he didn't end up playing the rest of the season, just to know that he didn't need surgery. I'm like, hallelujah. You know, uh, just because. 
um, once you once you start having those kind of things, it can be it can be a quick slippery slope down to uh, you know he just doesn't play like he used to anymore. And then uh, the other nice little bit, yeah, I super liked watching Cairo Santos nail that one right there at the end. The, you know, after uh, Nagy's sixty-five yard uh, field goal um, that uh, to me was uh, a waste of time. It was it was nice to see the to see the kid bounce back and and he's going to start the streak over again. Well, so actually, yeah, and you'll have to remind me here because you rewatched the game more recently than I did. Santos came up short from what like fifty five. Yep. So how in the world if he can't hit from fifty five in a dome was he going to hit from actually, 68? Actually, uh, yeah, it was from 55 because as long as 53. And I, I was like, oh, it's going. You know, I mean, it was perfect. And it was like, what, what the? Yeah, how did they decide he was going to kick one of the longest field goals in NFL history? I've always been led to believe that special teams coaches and kickers know exactly how far out they're good from oh yeah and then maybe in the heat of the moment if there's some adrenaline you maybe give him an extra half a yard but if he can't hit from 55 indoors <laughs> how in the world was he gonna hit from 68 outside at heinz field? Like, i mean whatever see, i don't i don't see, and, and you know the the thing is is that while people thought that um you know oh it doesn't really matter it's like to me it mattered a lot and that was because this was another example of Nagy being the man. He's in charge. He is supposed to make this decision. And somehow he determines that kicking a 65-year-old field goal, which has been done, I think, once in NFL history or twice, is better than trying to throw a, 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 trying to throw a Hail Mary, which sometimes works on accident. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I didn't understand that at all. I, I will say in the Bears, I also have no faith in any of the receivers catching a Hail Mary. I know, but that's <laughs> but, what I was saying, is that sometimes it happens yeah. purely by chance. It's like 2% chance versus 0%, right? Yeah, like, so... Um, yeah, so that made no sense to me. Um, James Allen! When, remember that one? when he? Uh, I think that was against the Browns, right? When the ball just accidentally fell into his hands. <laughs> You know, so that wasn't on purpose, but it didn't matter. We still won. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to happen with Nagy now? Because I think we're both in agreement. We think the plan was to fire him after Thanksgiving. What do you think the revised plan is now that the Bears? It's it's what I it's what I was saying. Um, it reverted back to that. I think uh, I think he's a lame duck coach mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the season. Um, and I think they're they're probably already looking for his replacement. Uh, I wouldn't put put it past the Bears to start having secret meetings before <laughs> before the season is even over well, you on can... who is who his guy is. I I don't I'm not sold though, as I was saying, on the entire staff being replaced. I'm not sold on that. There there could be a situation where they bring in the head coach and say, you know, we want you to keep these guys. Um, I don't, you know, they don't clean house completely. Maybe they keep Chris Tabor. Maybe they keep Sean Desai um, because they, you know, because they like them. They feel like they're, you know, uh, they're guys that have performed decently in their jobs. I don't know. I mean, it would not surprise me if the Bears did that. 
But if that's how they're going to approach this, then they're not going to get a coach that has any other options anywhere but see, else. But see, as it was as you were saying, if you look at the history of the thing, it's been proven over and over again that that's exactly the kind of stuff they pull. Mm-hmm. I will never, ever forget how Mike Martz got hired. And that was simply, Mike Martz literally came out after the season and said, yeah, I'd love to play, I'd love to be coach for the Bears. And it was like, wait a second, nobody even asked him. Yeah. He just came out and said it. And then the Bears come out and say, the organization says, oh, you know, we really appreciate Mike Mark saying that. We respect him a lot. But you know what? We, we are going to take our time and look around at other players. And then three weeks later, after they couldn't uh, look at other coaches, and three weeks later, after they couldn't find anybody, oh, we're welcome to announce our new coach, Mike Martz. And it was like, are you kidding? That that whole thing was a joke. Well, the problem with that one was that everybody thought Lovey Smith was going to get fired, so no up-and-coming coordinator wanted the job. Oh, yeah. they thought that they were going to be there for one year and gone. Exactly. So, I mean, that's incompetent, I agree, but different situation like, than hiring a coach and telling him that he has to retain staff. Like, any coach that has other options is going to say, if you're going to tell me that I have to keep a coach that I don't want, I'm going to take another job. You know, though, see, that's the thing. Um, that's that's one of the one of the power chips that the Bears have, though, is that there are guys out there who are going to see it purely as a chance to be the head coach of an NFL team, the head coach of one of the uh, charter franchises, the head coach um, of one of the most storied organizations in pro sports and be be that for better or worse um that's the way they're going to view it now there's also the chance that they say you know what instead we're going to pick up we're, we're going to uh make Tabor the head coach that, that could certainly happen they maybe they make bill laser the coach you're talking about interim or yeah for, or next year. for next for next season. Oh no, I don't think they would do that. The the thing is, is that if they wanted to keep other people on the staff, though, they could do that and easily get away with it. Yeah, I don't think that there's really anybody on the staff that's shown enough to merit keeping around if it costs you a qualified coach. <laughs> I mean, Matt Nagy hasn't shown enough. No, I mean Tabor seems like he's done a nice job. Sean Desai, it's tough to evaluate him with the talent that he's currently working with on the defense. You can't deny, though, that um, the game that uh, Tabor did coach, the, the team really seemed to have a different vibe at the start of the game. Yeah, I mean, they lost, though, right? Like, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they were out there and they looked excited. Don't get but technical! <laughs> they, 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 that, the 49ers didn't punt a single time in the game, right? So, you know... I'm, I'm glad that everybody Details. was yeah everybody was enjoying the substitute teacher, but I mean it, that's what it was. <laughs> it was the substitute teacher. Yeah, you know, so we'll see. I mean, I I think that my hope would be this sub doesn't know that we've got pockets yeah. full of now and later's right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my hope would be that yeah. Hire a coach, and then you allow that coach to decide what his staff is going to look like. And if he wants to keep some of the guys around, that's great. And if not, they'll find another job elsewhere, right? So, so we'll see. But so so and and that see that has its own whole set of uh, of issues too, right? Because 
okay, that means that they're going to give Pace the opportunity to hire another coach. Um, so that kind of uh, rids him of all of the all of the issues that he has brought in himself. It kind of pushes that all off of him and off and onto Nagy and his regime that is leaving. And gives him a fresh start. So, but you know the 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 flip side of that is that's exactly what they just did in the draft. They they pushed all of Mitch Trubisky off of uh, off of pace and said, you know what? We don't care that you got to spend a whole bunch of resources resources that we really drastically need because you made the huge goof in the first place of drafting the last guy. But um, we're going to let you go ahead and do that all again. We're going to give you a mulligan, and uh, you know we're going to roll from there. So maybe that's what they're doing again. And this would be Ryan Pace's third coach. Right, right. So it's very, very rare that you get to hire three coaches in the NFL unless you've got a Super Bowl or two sprinkled in there, which Ryan Pace doesn't even have a playoff win, <laughs> right? So with Pace, I you know it seems like the prevailing thought is that he's going to survive this, and that makes absolutely no sense to me. You know, I I cannot see what he's done to earn any more time on this job. I mean, Nagy, I think, has done a very poor job as the head coach, especially the last three years. But when you look at this roster right now, it's completely devoid of talent at certain positions, and that's on Ryan Pace. That's because he's drafted poorly, he's mismanaged assets, and he's not been, you know, prudent when it comes to spending on free agents and trading away draft capital. So I can't really make a convincing argument for why he should stay, but that doesn't mean he won't stay because the Bears are the Bears. And right. They, they like him, right? So right. we'll see. I mean... And that's and so, so in that same vein, um, you know, it sounds silly, but yes... They do like him mm-hmm. because otherwise he he would have been gone a long time ago. The list is very lengthy of mistakes that have been made under his uh, watch, and the the Mitch Trubisky debacle was to me when that happened. I immediately said to myself, "Okay." I give the guy credit for at least recognizing that you have to pick a quarterback with a top five pick. Because uh, for the longest time, they were talking about Jamal Adams being that pick. And I was furious that we, we would consider drafting a safety at number three. But then, uh, you know, they do decide to go with one of the quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, whether we... Uh, whatever happened to him afterwards, at that point in time, he had climbed the draft boards. He was on every draft board in the top three quarterbacks, uh, him, Watson, and uh, Mayhomes. And uh, he was ranked above, above Mayhomes on pretty much all of them. So, uh, you know, he, he saw his guy, he wanted to take his guy. I'll give him that. I thought the the aspect that he had to jump up a pick, uh, we could go and do a whole show about that. But just putting that aside, 
he wanted that guy, he went and got him, right? I, I, could, I could respect that, okay? That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you were hired for. We brought you in to be the guy. You're supposed to go and find and heal this wound that we have had for 40 years. You're supposed to fix it, right? And he said, I got my guy and I'm going to go get him. Well, it turned out to be a total disaster. I mean, a total disaster, right, from every aspect. And they still said, you know what, we're going to give you another shot of doing it. Yep. I mean, that's the thing with the Bears is you don't know what the decision-making process is. I mean, they, they basically fired Trubisky. Why didn't Pace get fired along with him? Because that's the deal when you make that pick, right? When you trade up for that quarterback and when that quarterback fails... Kind of the unwritten rule is you're fired too, right? Like you tied yeah. yourself at the hip to that. Deservedly. Guy. Yeah. And it's not like he's done such a great job with the other part of the roster. Trubisky wasn't good, but, you know, especially uh, in 2019 and 2020, there were other parts of the, the roster that let the Bears down too. Right? Absolutely. So, you, know, you know, it's not like the, to me the kid didn't get a 100% fair shake at all. Um, he, he really didn't have a lot around him. I mean, after this 18 season, you know, a big uh, a, a big thing we enjoyed during the 18 season was how many first downs the kid ran for, right? Mm-hmm. The the power he showed with his legs. Suddenly they come out and it's like they totally forgot that he could do that in, in 19. We were all just like, wait, what the heck happened? Oh, yeah, we forgot that Matt Nagy tried to turn him into a purely pocket passer. You know, so that... That I digress, right? The thing is, is all I'm saying is that the fact that he went and chose his guy, he bet all of his chips in that pot, and he 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 threw snake eyes. That's on you, man. Mm-hmm. That means boom, you're gone. You don't get to go and do it all over again. And unless he somehow convinced the organization that the Trubisky failure was Nagy's fault, but then you should have fired Nagy. Right, like you know, or fired them both. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, if you think that it's the coach's fault that the quarterback you picked isn't developing, you fire the coach, right? But that's the thing with the Bears is it doesn't seem like anybody's really in charge. And right. The Bears, whenever you hear Nagy or Pace talk, which is seldom for Ryan Pace, he's always going on about how they're all in the room and they're all collaborating. It's like you're supposed to be the leader of the football organization like i don't want to hear about how you're collaborating with everybody that's great but you should be the guy making the decisions and in fact in fact in that same vein right they're always talking about ted phillips he's not involved in football operations well so who's in charge that means that that means pace is the one running everything right yeah it makes no sense and the trubisky move was one example that i could think of where pace did say like you said this is my guy this is what we're doing. If he sucks, then you can fire me. But then the Bears just forgot to fire him when he sucked. <laughs> it just made no sense. Um, it, yeah, I, I mean, I totally gave him kudos. I was one of the people that was actually standing up for for Pace that day. Even though um, all of the uh, talking heads were like, wait, what did we just see? <laughs> they were all like... Uh, did an alien just land on stage? But 
I, I was one of the people that uh, absolutely supported him because I wanted to see him go get a quarterback and try and fix this leaking motor that we have had to deal with forever. But and and he and he chose that and he did that. But it's like you said, where are the repercussions? Yeah, there's no accountability, right? I mean, I think that most organizations would have cleaned house after last year. But with the Bears, they just never really seem to do things conventionally. We kind of started this when I asked you what you thought was going to happen to Nagy. I think what I kind of think is going to happen is if you look at the next three games, they play the Cardinals at home. Yes. Then they go to Packers. Lambeau Field on Sunday night football. Vikings. And then the following week is the Vikings on Monday night football. So I think at least one of those three games is going to be a complete embarrassment. Like we've seen already a couple times yes. this year. And I think after that game is when they're going to fire Nagy. Well, I mean, right now, um, it's hard to look at that and not say 0-3. Yeah. Um, oh. I mean, really, if they if they get one win out of there, I think... Please let it be the Packers. If they, if, but. They, if they finish one of those games within 20, I'll be shocked. <laughs> Especially if Roquan's not playing. The defense isn't going to stop any of those three teams a single right, time. Right, right. I mean, and whether it's Fields or Dalton, I mean, I'd rather see Fields, obviously. We know the reasons why, but neither of those two has put up a lot of points when they've been in there, and you can debate whether that's the quarterback, whether it's the talent around the quarterback, whether it's the coaching. It's probably a combination of all three, but... The Bears are not going to look good, at least I don't think so, in any of these three coming and up. And that, that right there, you know, Jim, you, you make a great point. It's probably all three. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, is that one of the things I love about the NFL, that I love about football, is to me, it is the most team-oriented sport in the world. Period. Because you need to have all the pieces working, right? Tom Brady... People can say Tom Brady is GOAT. He's definitely one of them, right? But, you know, he also had a lot of things fall right for him his whole career. People were critical of him that he went to Tampa that was already stocked. I'm like, are you silly? Are you? I mean, what do you... I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah, well, what do they expect him to do? <laughs> what, what, why do I want to go play for Cleveland yeah, or you wanna, Detroit? You, you know, wanna, you want to come play for the Bears with Taylor Gabriel? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. So you know, the, 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 you know, he he picked out a good spot, and then what does he do? He uses he, he uses his friendship to bring back his number one target. I mean, wow, that was so cool. You know, but but. What I'm saying is is that, you know, right now, none of those things seem to be even remotely close to happening with the team. No. It, it seems like the team is in just complete disarray. There's lots of holes, lack of talent, lack of experience, and it, it, it it's it's hard to watch because you have this new young star and if there's no one that can look at that team right now and say yeah he's got the pieces around him he needs to be successful at any level right i mean whether it's on the field whether it's the coaching staff whether it's organizationally it just doesn't feel like the organization is operating properly at any level i mean if we want to you know talk about the arlington heights thing that might be the one thing that's getting handled 
competently, <laughs> but that's got nothing to do with the product <laughs> on the current field, right? So, you know, it's frustrating. And the Bears have been lucky this year because they've had two absolutely horrible performances in Cleveland and Tampa, and they've both been on the road. I mean, I think Arizona is going to come in here and just put it on the Bears. I mean, I could see the Bears losing this game. It could be a smackdown. 40 to 10, yeah. right? Like, and I could see it getting out of hand quick, especially if it sounds like Kyler Murray and uh, Hopkins both might be back for the first time in a few weeks. So they're going to come out and they're going to be looking to, you know, get, to, to knock off some rust and to put up some points against a very vulnerable defense. And then also Arizona's defense is awesome. Yeah. So this could get real ugly, and man, that's the if if the Bears lose by a lot, that stadium's going to be full of sixty thousand people that have been drinking all morning and <laughs> that are showing up purely to boo in the chat fire Nagy. Yeah. Like, why else would you show up to the game? Yeah. Right? And, and, then, and, and there and there will be some ugly, ugly Chicago fans at that game. Um, I mean, it, it you know, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Nagy does not, while he does deserve criticism for his performance in his job, absolutely lay it on him. But the hate, you know, they need to cool that out. There's, there's no reason to hate the guy. I, I, I don't, I don't hate Matt Nagy. He's just, he just has not, he's not done what he needs to do, and he, he deserves to be fired for that. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Exactly. And he's going to be fired. I mean... And I he might be a good head coach in the future. Yeah. But I think he I think he bit off too much. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was prepared for this position. I don't think he should have been hired for it to begin with. I think that um, he still needs to, to work at a, a lower level. And the one thing that he has shown that he had a lot of success at was quarterbacks coach. Maybe he needs to go back to that level. Maybe, yeah, or... You know, if somebody will hire him as an offensive coordinator, I don't know why you would after what he's shown as a play caller it's rough. over the last four years. But it's rough. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I mean, I could see him maybe being a successful college coach. Yeah. Because he kind of gives off that vibe, right, where it seems like if you were a kid, it seems like he'd be a fun guy to play for. Absolutely. And it seems like he's kind of that young, energetic guy that maybe isn't the best He has done coach. that part well. Yeah. But it seems like he could... You know, maybe sell that. So we'll see what happens with him. I think he's going to get fired. I, I hope that it doesn't get too ugly down there on Sunday. Um, there's one other report I wanted to get to, and it kind of slipped my mind until now. But did you see the report from uh, Hub Arkish about uh, how they ultimately decided to hire or to start Justin Fields? Mm-mm. So Hub Arkish reported, yeah. I think, last Wednesday that the decision to start Fields. Uh, ultimately came down from George McCaskey. Okay, which, yes. Which makes a lot of sense, because if you remember how that came about, I can't remember before which game it was, but Nagy came out on Monday and said, when Andy Dalton's healthy, he's our starter. And then on Wednesday came back down and said, well, we've changed our mind, we're going to start fields. So everyone was kind of like, all right, well, what happened between Monday and Wednesday to make you change your yep. mind? And now we have confirmation that it came from the top of the organization, right? Right. And so... Which was immediately denied again. Yeah, which, I mean, it makes too much sense to not be true. Oh, yeah. Like, unless, you know, then how else do you explain... Put in the kid. ...why you said one thing and did another. But I think why that's significant is because if you remember going back to, like, the Cleveland game where, like, 
the hell is this game plan? Do they are they do they have it out for fields here? <laughs> and like you know, you, you hope that's not true. And you know, I don't want to allege that it is, but it kind of makes you think. Like if the coaching staff's like, all right, we got to start this guy. All right, here's the game plan we're throwing out, and we'll see how they like him. You know, it just kind of that thought's lingering in the back of your mind. It's like, were some of those game plans designed in the best interest of Justin Fields at the beginning? Yeah, and, it's um, it, it, I I do recall all of that, and um, it's it, it's a it it puts no matter how it actually happened behind the scenes, it presents a really poor picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. it the fact that you and I, just as as Bears fans, could think that, even remotely think, that the head coach might have it out for the new young player that's supposed to be the savior of the organization, there's something really wrong with that, right? And I and I I gotta say I don't recall uh, feeling like uh, the head coach, um, you know, might not be utilizing a player as well as he as he can be right off the top of my head. I mean, I didn't like John Fox uh, because they thought he, uh, you know, ran the team like uh, like a snail at, at a snail's pace, right? But at the same time, I don't, I don't, I don't remember thinking to myself at any point, uh, oh man, you know, why isn't he using this, you know, one of these players, you know, as as well as he can be, and. To be clear, I'm not criticizing George McCaskey. That's what I wanted to happen when they That's were what we all wanted when to they happen. were going through the charade with Andy Dalton. I wanted that message to come from Ryan Pace and not George McCaskey because I don't like the idea that George McCaskey's making football decisions. But somebody had to be the voice of reason, right? And I think it's more of an indictment on Nagy, right? Because I think Nagy thought that the best way to save his job was to have Dalton out there and to win as many games, when in reality, the best way, I think, to save his job would have been to show that you are building a successful partnership with Justin Fields, right? Because if... Exactamundo. If if Nagy had been... If Nagy had said, hey, we won six games this year, but Justin Fields was awesome he won offensive rookie of the year there's no way they would have fired Nagy because they won only six games I would want to put my name all over that no they would have extended him they would have said all right we've got the coach we've got the quarterback the rest of the roster sucks but we can figure that out he spent two weeks talking about how great Dalton was yeah and how he was the number one guy and everybody's just going are you kidding me and two months we know who this guy is the last time he was great was five years ago and it wasn't just the two weeks it was the Weeks in training camp, in preseason, when you could have been developing fields. And for whatever reason, they thought that the way to show that they were good at their jobs was to have Andy Dalton out there. And you wonder now if, if that was the decision that's ultimately going to sink at least Matt Nagy, if not Ryan Pace. Well, and you know, um, uh, in, in, that, um, in that same thing is we look at it and you would think that the entire focus of the organization would have been around the kid. Yeah. It's like, okay, you you just you just went out and spent a billion dollars, right? And the reason I'm using that figure is because when you think about how much in resources and money 
it's costing the organization to go get him, it's it might as well be some ridiculous amount of money, right? Because because going forward, we're, we took a heavy hit, right? Going into this draft, we took a heavy hit, and, and the the uh, I mean, look at how we had to short the team in so many different ways because of lack of resources this year, and it's going to happen again next year. So it's really an all in, right? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna go all in again. We just did that, and we totally crapped out, but we're gonna do it again. And so you would think that the whole thing would have just been about. I don't care what else happens, but I want everything to orbit around this yep. kid. I want him to be the star of our solar system and every single planet to go around him. Yep. And I don't care what else happens. But we need to do everything we can to make this kid successful. Every single thing. And man, it was like a fight at the beginning of the season. It was like pulling teeth. And that was the part that, you know, all of us are still dumbfounded from. And then, uh, once, you know, like you said, once he got on the field in Cleveland and you watched him just get his ass kicked, literally, physically get his ass kicked, you're like, Wait a second! I just put a gold bar out on the field and just left it out there for anybody to take chunks out of it. Yeah, I mean, in a long line of bemusing decisions that the Bears have made over the last couple of years, I'll never understand wasting any time uh, placing Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback. I remember in Week One. You and I were, were chatting, and you looked at me, and you said, we put the worst player of these two players, the one that is worse, we deliberately put him on the field. Yeah. And that's just struck me so funny, because I hadn't thought about it that way yet. It was like, yeah, um, you have the better candidate, and you have the worst candidate. Which one should we put out there? The worst one! Well, it's like when you say better or worse, like, it's not even about better or worse. It's about who's more important. Yeah. You know, it's like Andy Dalton's not going to be here next year. No! So, you know, think about what we could have been talking about if Fields had gotten first team reps in camp and then in preseason. And maybe he struggled because he's a rookie, but you could have gone out in the first four games, drawn up some very simple offensive game plans, and just let him get reps. And, you know, you, you know, if you go 0-4, but if he's out there getting experience, that would have been fine with me. And then as you progress through the season, you gradually open up the playbook more and more. And who knows if we're talking about a different Justin Fields right now than we currently are, if he had gotten that extra experience. You know, we'll never know. I think it was mismanaged. I think it's ultimately the probably the final nail in Nagy's coffin. I wish it was true for Pace as well, so... We'll see, but it's just been a frustrating year in all aspects, and now things just seem to be going completely off the rails at even the most uh, senior levels of the organization. So, yeah. all, all that being said, it's a classic Bears season. <laughs> so, I would say, um, yeah, we probably see Nagy uh, get fired at the end of the, I don't know how they don't fire him now, actually. That's the way I'm looking at it. Um, Nagy has to go. 
they have to fire him now because they have to they have to sacrifice somebody, right? You have idiots at games now literally chanting fire him, right? So the the McCaskies have worked themselves into a spot into a corner that they cannot they cannot get out of now. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if this is his last game against the Cardinals. I mean, what's more humiliating, right? Firing the guy with 5 games to go or making him coach those last 5 games when Fans are showing up purely to scream at him. Yeah. Right? So I wouldn't be shocked if this is his last one and you say, you know what? We're not going to put you out there on Sunday night football. Let's just go home and, (coughs) excuse me, we'll call it a day. Right. And so, you know, uh, I don't know... um, I don't know what else you can do other than than fire him and then um, go and uh, um, wait one second here. We're back again. Uh, we had uh, some human difficulties there with, <laughs> with Jim. Um, so uh, we're, we're just going to quickly wrap up here, uh, talk a little bit about the Cardinals game. I mean, obviously they're a superior team uh, run by a head coach that actually could have been in Chicago. And, um, you know, uh, they do have a young, exciting quarterback. Um, I think he is... Uh, fairly similar to uh, Fields. Um, Somehow their organization pulled off one of the best coups in uh, recent history by going and giving up a second-round pick for one of the best receivers in the league. Um, And, you know, I think this, uh, I think their organization should be a template for the Bears. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, I really do. And, you know, I, that's a real thing. That could be a real, uh, a, a legit thing. Um, I think, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the, the game is not just an absolute crushing, uh, but it, it certainly could be one of those, you know, 40 to zero games. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I do want to see, I just want to see the team play with some cohesiveness um and uh you know uh, we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out yeah i don't see the bears stopping the cardinals at all i guess my prediction if i had to make one would be like 30 to 10 yeah <laughs> so not much to be excited for going this week but hey no. we'll, we'll be at allery's watching the game so. yep we'll be over at allery's watching the game again uh allery's in st paul uh if you're if you're in town um Yes, uh, but we do get to see number one. Hopefully. So, yeah, that'll be good. Anyway, thanks uh, for joining uh, uh, Bearscat again. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. Thanks and we'll for see you next week. Thanks.